0: In the words of my mom, Natalie, and a couple of my Grammys, boy, they. <laughs> um, it's about 2.45 now, and um, there'll be some nerdy superhero talk, actually, about, the, about, a, about a superhero a a can kind of bend time. And I'm going to have to bend time to put all this together. The puzzle of today's podcast because of uh, some technical difficulties in connecting um my friends gene drees and dr nadeep kang from brightview are back they were here with us they were on the podcast back in may and we're going to touch base with them again uh gene has a virtual seminar for brightview completely free you know the deal with these things now it's free you just got to register it's coming up next week um you can google brightview first uh We'll, we'll talk to Dr. Kang and uh, I've got some, some basic mental health questions for him and then the reason I wanted to, by the way, uh, I told a friend last week, I'm like, it's totally easy to do a podcast. you know how little editing I actually do? It takes three seconds. Today it's not going to be so short. Um, but Dr. Kang, when we were doing the thank yous, the, cord, the cordial thank yous back in the day, he's like, nice email signature. My email signature says, sent from a Cybertronian, Cybertronian communication device 98 percent of people don't ask me about it or, or say anything about it the two percent that do say what does that mean where are you sending this from it's a transformers reference dr Kang got it so boom the uh the electricity of his favorite superhero was established and when gene's like hey can i come on the podcast to talk about this I said, yeah, but you got to get me Dr. Kang. So Dr. Kang and I, um, he, is a, he is a doctor. Uh, he doesn't work with patients so much anymore, and we'll get to that. But I asked him, like, how do you, you you've got to deal with this just like anybody else. It doesn't matter if you are a server or a doctor. Granted, you probably have more financial resources with one than the other. But at the base level, everybody is stressed out. That's what pandemics do. So first up, uh, Dr. Kang, and then after that, we're going to check in with my f- my friend who helped me in so many ways be sitting here right now, uh, Gene Drees from Brighton.
1: Well, what an unprecedented year, right? And so very timely conversation, I think, to revisit where we were at uh, a few months back.
0: Yeah, back back in May. it's uh, we, we missed the, the donut hole where we, we had a little sanity, and now in some ways, like, this is... This is worse than it was before. It's worse in different ways.
1: It's definitely exhausting, if nothing else. I'll tell you that.
0: We're, well, we're, I won't include this in the podcast, or or I can if you want. I, I can uh, put put all this stuff together and make it sound great. Like personally for you, what have you? What what has been stressful and and fatiguing for this for you as a um, as a
1: guy, as a dad, as a husband? I'm guessing. Yeah, it's it, it's one of those things where the the answer is I think very similar for all of us, right? I mean, no right. one is immune to the effects of disconnection and uh, just the, the inability or the lack of access to the things that typically regenerate you. So, uh, this year was was a year that our family was going to you know take you know, our take first, our big, first vacation big vacation in a long
2: time. time.
1: Are you uh are you down south in Ohio? Yeah, we're in Cincinnati. My family uh, and I, we live in northern Kentucky now, but okay. uh, yeah, I grew up in Cincinnati. But yeah, I mean, we're not immune to this this stuff that, you know, as opposed to anyone else, right? So we were going to take a big family vacation this year for the first time in several years. Uh, our kids are young, so we had, we basically had a kid every year, it feels like, for the last whatever number of years. Um, and so not only did we not get to do that, but, you know, we, we've limited contact with uh, my wife's parents My parents And uh, Sometimes we wonder well, Do we have too many kids Because we've got four <laughs> of them But they're, it's nice for them To have each other this year I'll tell you right. that Right
0: uh, You know what I'm going to have to tell Jean That I'm going to have to Tie her in off of you Um okay. So when she calls And she should have called by now We'll uh, I'll just I'll break I'll break the bad news to her And she can talk about The uh, the community event coming up We'll uh, I'll work with her separately um, here she is. Hold on one second. Hi, Gene. Is that better? Uh, it is, but I have bad news. Are you there? No. <laughs> We're just going to roll. We're just going to roll. How about that? We'll keep going. Looks perfectly fine, yeah. Uh, so you, like everybody else, the isolation has been problematic and... Um, four four kids, but you bring up the point that they they do have each other. And um, I remember, I've tried to share this, but as someone who doesn't have kids, I don't get to say this. Like you will never have this family time, hopefully ever again in your life.
1: It's true. Yeah. And you know, when you look back at pictures, our kids are are seven and under, Uh, there's four of them. And so when you look at pictures, even from last year, it's amazing how much they've changed. And you know, it, it, we have tried to remind ourselves that it's like one more year that you get before, you know, the world and, you know, like their friends and everything else kind of take them away. Um, and so one more year of innocence and everything like that. So, yeah, definitely a silver lining in that regard, despite all the other challenges that, that the year has brought, for sure.
0: Uh, before we go any further, can you tell me exactly, uh, because I don't want to mess up any, any letters or anything like that, what is your position at
1: Brightview? Chief Clinical Officer. okay. Uh, do you do you still see patients? Um, I don't see patients now, um, really at all on a regular basis. Uh, we do a fair amount of training and development with our staff, and that involves, you know, sitting in on their sessions and uh, you know providing training by doing co therapy and co interventions and that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so that's more of where my energy is spent is on developing the team, as opposed to having my own patient base that I routinely. Uh, provide treatment to. But you have in the past, right? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. This is actually the first job where that has not been a core responsibility for me. So I have spent a, a, a huge part of my career doing group therapy, uh, obviously a lot of individual uh, and family counseling as well, uh, but a lot of group therapy for sure, uh, having come from the hospital setting and from a residential setting prior to that. Um, so yeah, have, I've done a quite a bit of individual and family and group therapy over the years. So let me ask you two separate questions here
0: for what you do now in team building. That's been uh, a struggle for a lot of people because people have had to become coworkers, new coworkers, um, over zoom and, and other things. What are, what are ways, and you've had to do that as well, I'm guessing over the last handful of months, um, like everybody else, what have you found to be successful to get people on the same page and for team building?
1: That's a great question. And it's one of the things that I think we will, as a society, need to continue having better and better answers for as we go forward. Uh, because regardless of what happens with COVID-19, uh, technology is, you know, once it's out of the bag, it's kind of here to stay. Yeah. Um, and so we will likely have, uh, you know, some ongoing amount of remote work, working from home, uh, more than we had pre-pandemic, even after things kind of come back to normal or whatever. Um, and so I, I think, you know, the foundational piece is you got to have the technology working, right? So you, people have to be able to actually make a connection in that way so that you can make a connection in the, uh, in the broader sense that you're talking about. So uh, I think some of the things that we have found, uh, like if we were to use group therapy as an example, uh, for people to get to know each other in that setting, it's more challenging when you're using a technology-based solution to connect because you, you don't get as much of the nonverbals, you don't get the... the uh, Uh, time to interact with people on like the breaks that happen between groups. It's the same kind of thing with team building on an employment standpoint. So uh, when folks are working remotely, they might interact for like the 30 minutes or the 60 minutes that they have a meeting, but they don't have like that water cooler talk going on. So you have to find ways for folks to feel comfortable with each other. And for that, um, uh, that genuine relationship to be able to be built because you know, most good work is done on a foundation of knowing the other party and having uh, a sense of trust. Uh, And only through those kinds of things can you begin to predict each other's uh, reactions, predict each other's needs, and, uh, you know, function in a uh, a way that the team has a sense of collective flow. And so I think the things that that we have sought to do that, that have helped with that, or at least have attempted to help with that, uh, on the patient side, like when you're doing group therapy, it's like, hey, let's take it slow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let's give folks a chance to get comfortable with each other. Uh, you don't go as deep as quickly in that intervention uh, as you could if everyone was in the room together, right? So like right now we do in-person group therapy that's universally masked and physically distanced, but we also have virtual groups as an option in that service. And so, you know, you have to do things a little differently for folks to have a sense of trust with other group members. Um, I think similarly, when it comes to the uh, the team-based approach from a, a workforce standpoint, right? So uh, having a bit more structure uh, around, you know, what what is the work that we're trying to do and what's the cadence at which we're going to touch on those things that we're working on, right? So just being better utilizers of the calendar features that we have, having more transparency around the work plans uh, and the progress that we're making on those or the lack thereof when people get stuck. I think that adding that structure and uh, that intentionality, Mm -hmm. whether it's in the group therapy or whether it's team building from an employer or leadership standpoint, those kind of foundational pieces, you have to attend to those more uh, for people to feel comfortable and then do the work, whatever the work is in that context. I came
0: across something, um, that I had noted for myself many years ago, uh, that I try to offer to others and it, and it, it, it made sense and it could be helpful in a time like this. And I think it's pertinent to this discussion. Um, a lot of people have used the word isolated or, or more specifically, maybe even lonely over a lot of this. And, um... We do have technology, but as you you pointed out, there's certain things, there's certain cues that we miss that keep us still so far apart, so close but so far away. And uh, the the thought or the note that I made was uh, from wherever I grabbed it. It was you're not you're not lonely. You just you're you're missing being a part of something, and I'm wondering how maybe we can make the most of, like you you used the word intentionality, and maybe that's the best way to do it, be more intentional and um, consistent with our our Zoom calls. Because you're right, it's not going to go away. Uh, I know radio people, media people, who will never leave their living rooms ever again, and they will do, a great quote I've read of this is, we're doing the same thing, we're just doing it differently. And you're right, it's not going to change. Is there a way to convey and help people to know, you're not lonely. You're not isolated, but there are some there are some challenges because you are a part of something. Whether it's a, a five o'clock wine night or it's a two o'clock meeting, you are a part of something. Is there a way to get over um, that technological barrier to get people to embrace that?
1: Yeah, I think the, the the main frame that I would put around it is that we can't have all or nothing thinking when it comes to this type of topic, right? So. Uh, If I'm going to have an opportunity to connect with my friends, uh, yeah, I could certainly take the stance of saying like, well, I'm just not going to do it if it's by, you know, Zoom or or Teams or something like that. Like, it's not the same, so I'm just not going to do it, right? And yes, that's technically accurate that it's not the same, but it's also not nothing. And I think the the foundational piece here is that, hey, we're all humans, right? And so whether you're feeling lonely or disconnected uh, or just kind of Uh, you know, out of the loop, uh, whether it it is like, you know, what's going on with your social network or your, your, uh, even even your extended family's like lives and the cadence of that. Uh, Yes, we can't get to exactly the same place that we were at if we just use technology. However, there's a thing that behaviorists call successive approximations of the desired behavior. Uh, It's basically like the opposite of doing something cold turkey or like right off, right? In other words, you can go stepwise towards the thing that you want to get to. And while we can't all just like be together uh, at the same kind of level that we were able to do a year ago, uh, it doesn't mean that we can't be together at all. And some of this kind of connection uh, and touch point is better than none. And I think that the, the all or nothing thinking is what kind of gets in the way. uh, Uh, And none of that takes away from the fact that it is different. It it is definitely different to have to do it this way than the old way. And I think we all prefer the old way. (laughs) Uh, Yes. uh, I've
0: often said jokingly, obviously, to to people at times, like in 1919, people would have killed to have Zoom because they had nothing. (laughs) Uh, And I know that that, like, when I say that, I'm just trying to elicit a laugh like you and lighten the mood. And, um... Uh, you you had me write down a couple of notes here. You said all or nothing thinking. I believing I first came across that concept um, when I was reading the, the the David Burns book, the Feeling Good Handbook. Are you familiar with it? Yes, sir. It's my bible. Um, I've loaned it out so many times. The pages are yellow now. I really get need to get a new one. Um, so I'm familiar with all or nothing, and I, it made me think of something I went through recently um, with one of my little episodes. But I have a good friend that I can tap into, and I uh, the long story short was. Um, I was telling her, you know what? Everything's good with me. I should, I should be happier. And she's like, up, oh, all or nothing. Should statements, take them out. Um, yep. Like you talk, like exactly like you talked about. Like I, I should be happier at work and with my friends. And shoulds or all or nothing's, um, get rid of them because we can't have that. And we really didn't have that before. And um, something else that my friend has helped me with, and I pass along is, and I'm, I'm big in CP, CBT. I don't know if uh, Gene ever share that with you or you've looked into me but um reframing um it, it it sucks that you're disconnected right now in your zoom call but you know what you know that you're getting laundry done now you might not actually get the clothes out of the dryer but you've been able to do some other tasks that you would have no touch upon if you were at the office from eight to six
1: yeah it's very similar to to you know the the notion of having the kids be home from school right mm-hmm. and so the kids are home from school and It's definitely like spinning plates when you're trying to manage one child or and any other uh, work related responsibilities that you have, or trying to manage multiple children in the case of like our household. Uh, but the, you know, the reframe as, as you put it, um, is that, Hey, you know, we have them for another year before uh, they start getting, you know, with their friends and with all the other demands of, of the world. And, uh, and, and so it's, you know, it's a reframe to look at it as an opportunity uh, to do something that we maybe wouldn't have had the opportunity to do were it not for the bizarre year that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I want to switch hats because I, I said, I wanted to ask you two questions that what you do now and as opposed to what you did with patients. Um, so how have you had to apply some of your techniques and your counseling to patients to, maybe yourself and friends so that you could be in a, a good place through this. I, I just read something this morning um, that, uh, that showering has gone up or bathing because if you got kids running around, I know they can sometimes go in the – I'm not a parent, but I know that they can attack you in the bathroom sometimes. But sometimes it can also be a, a, a haven. So shower time has gone up, and that's a good thing for self-care. So what have you had to impart on yourself to go back to your – psychology roots to yourself your family and your friends
1: yeah i mean as a psychologist the way i think about this kind of stuff is that in in general when people are stressed we return to our core right so if i have a typical way of being uh that i that i try to to not be like that um you know thanks to all the life experiences that i've had uh when i'm stressed i'll still go and be that way right so i might be uh, a little bit more uh, quiet in a social situation, and it requires energy for me to, uh, to be more social because I'm just naturally a little bit more introverted. Uh, when stressed, I'll just naturally go back to that quieter, more reserved way of being, right? Uh, and we're all like this uh, really with, a, with the whole range of emotions. So when it comes to anger, sadness, Um, happiness, the feelings that are easiest for us to access based on our typical character just become that much more easier to access when we're stressed out. So the way that I like to approach the answer to your question is kind of the inverse of that. In other words, the things that typically help me do well and just generally feeling good and having a better quality of life, those things still work. Now, to, to our conversation, it might be something I need to access in a different way but minding those fundamentals is absolutely essential now more than ever probably. Right. It it kind of always has been essential. Uh, and we, and as you and I talked about previously, like, you know, the alcohol and drug crisis in this country, the suicide crisis in this country is not new. It's been, it's been around for uh, many, many years at this point. Uh, but especially during a a year of global crisis, like what we're uh, experiencing right now, those kinds of things are that much more important. So Mm -hmm. for me, um, you know, daily exercise has been a thing that I've found over the years has just been something that helps me kind of start my day on the right foot. Right. Um, but if, if work is requiring more time for us to be able to respond accordingly as an organization, then I might not be able to do an hour. I might just be able to do 20 minutes every day, but Hey, the goal is still, I'm going to do something for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, every day that will, uh, allow me to breathe, allow me to, you know, like exercise my body in addition to being able to then rest my mind. And so uh, returning to those roots or returning to your core with that kind of inten- intentionality on the things that work for you is, is key right now. Uh, and I do find myself like with our kids, coaching them almost every day, just on deep breathing, right? right. Again, like when, when you know, I've I found that to be helpful with, with the kids like when they're having a tantrum or they're having a hard time with something, um, before going into like explaining why you shouldn't like you know hit your brother or sister <laughs> when they took a toy out of your hands, important to take a pause and take a deep breath. And I find myself lately maybe helping the helping our kids take three deep breaths instead of just one, right? And, and just emphasizing that foundational stuff, I think has been uh, just a really good way to get to, to navigate the challenges that we're seeing right now.
0: I agree. I take something from uh, from my, my my sports youth which I think is applicable to anything when you're struggling. Um, When you can't hit your jump shot, the idea is to, you know, not... If you can't hit your three-point shot, the idea is to not keep taking three-point shots. Move in. Go back to fundamentals. Get (laughs) your rhythm back. And I think... Apply, reapplying the fundamentals when you're struggling. I did that when, when I first got started in radio. I was not doing well sometimes. And my, my program director would say, go back to the fundamentals. You know, don't try to get too creative. And then it's amazing before you know it, you've worked yourself back into a rhythm. And whether that's a mood
1: or an activity, to your point, I mean, it, it can work. It really does wonders. And so many of us are going to come through this year Feeling a bit more disconnected than when we started, a bit more lonely, a bit less a part of something, as as you referenced, uh, that's meaningful to us. Uh, Maybe we come out of it having gained the COVID-15 or whatever we're calling it, right? And and the the way to get back to ourselves uh, and the way to get back to each other is to start with those fundamentals.
0: I'm going to change gears a little bit. You touched on it, and, uh, yeah, we talked, and I, I was looking up emails today. We talked in, in May, and I had asked you at the time, uh, what what about, are we going to have dueling demics here? And you're, you're right, you know, 130 suicides a day across the country. Um, I it, I certainly didn't overlook it, but but many people did because we've got busy lives, and uh, suicide is not as glamorous as, as murders and, and whatnot. So I asked you then, and you said we weren't going to know the ef- the collateral damage of this. We can predict it and project it, but we won't know. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, last week, there were some article uh, articles of impeachment uh, towards uh, Governor DeWine, and this was from uh, John Becker. He said, uh, he continues to have callous disregard for the fact that his isolation poli- uh, policies have led to a shockingly high number of suicides, alarming rates of drug abuse, and I'll leave it there. He talks about high unemployment. We don't have those numbers yet, do we?
1: Yeah, we, we don't have those numbers, and I think that it is, um, you know, probably rather inexact to try to put any kind of shelter in place or res- social restrictions that we have out there as as trying to respond to the pandemic and tying those to, like, you know, these other problems that also, again, did exist before the coronavirus became a reality, right? And so uh, it, in the end, I think the, the thing that we're generally missing from from the whole conversation on these topics is probably just a measure of grace for each other, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. No, no one who's had to make a decision along the course of this uh, journey here the last several months has found it an easy fork in the road, right? And so the, the, um, the governor, I think, is... Uh, I know he's an honorable person. I, I have uh, spent enough time with him to understand where his intentions and his heart are for, uh, for Ohioans. And uh, those, those are all good things, by the way, just to be clear about it. Um, and he has been faced like many other leaders at the local, federal and state level with I think some unprecedented uh, uh, and incredibly challenging decisions to make Uh, as they attempt to lead us through something that in large part uh, has been unknown to us over, you know, like the the last eight months feels like forever, but it's only been eight months. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've been fortunate to have developed a vaccine through human ingenuity as unbelievably quickly as we did. Uh, But for the vast majority of the time in dealing with this pandemic, uh, we didn't know much if anything about it at all. And we're still learning new things every day. And so, when faced with such impossible decisions, uh, I think we just need to give folks a little bit of grace that that there is a genuine uh, endeavor to to just act in the common good. Um, and yeah, at some point, there may be some imperfect decisions that are made one way or the other, frankly. Uh, but folks are just trying their best. Yeah, I
0: agree. Um, it t- to your point uh, to 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 whine and anyone else who has to make these decisions. Obviously, I mean. No one asked for them. No one asked for the pandemic. It's the pandemic, not the fun demic. And th- there are often choices between really bad, and really awful, and catastrophic. And we make the best decisions that we can. I've I've I came away not that recently from thinking, or I, I came across something that said, um, when faced with these bad decisions, makes make the one that you can live with. And uh, no politician wants wants to see lives ended. And and you're I've used the word selfless and. Respectful, And I'll add grace to that now that we've had our discussion because, yeah, if we had a lot more of that, we would we would likely be a little far ahead against um, uh, an organism that doesn't have a brain nearly as big as ours.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So, I mean, next time that, you know, uh, for for anyone who's listening, it's like next time you're at the at the store or at the uh, at the bus stop or, you know, if you're if you're just, you know, going about your business. Uh, the, the other folks who are either enforcing any rules that we have in place or, uh, you know, uh, asking you to make sure that your mask is covering your nose or that kind of thing. There's nothing personal about these kinds of things. And folks are just trying to get by just like everyone else. And I think giving each other that, that bit of grace is, is a key to us getting to the other side of this a little bit more unscathed, right? Um, yeah. And, and I think we've, we've got to remember that the other side of this thing is going to be there at some point too it's not like we're going to be in this situation forever and we want to be able to look back and, and say to ourselves that uh, that we, that we took that challenge on as, as well as we possibly could have
0: yeah and unfortunately I, I don't think we're going to get high marks and if it're past fail it would be it would be fail right now uh, troublingly uh, as many have pointed out we're a we're a victim of our own foundational beliefs here but I don't want to talk anymore about that stuff um, if we could spend a, a, just final few minutes because I don't want to take up too much of your time and Gene's probably like what's going on um, <laughs> it's it's always great to talk to you and hear your, your uh, intellectual insight um, so I'll ask you this and we can go anywhere beyond that in that realm if you would like what is Bruce Wayne Batman's mental health diagnosis in your nerdy opinion
1: <laughs> well uh, he, he's, he's definitely a narcissist. I think he's okay. got to have a certain level of narcissism to at least think that, uh, that you can play with the big boys as it were. Right. Okay. <laughs> so the only member of the justice league who has no, uh, ostensible superpowers, uh, obviously, you know, there's, there's a measure of trauma there as well with what happened in the childhood.
0: <laughs> so Pete, uh, I think I, uh, I read a book. I, uh, I there's a, there's a sob an educator. Uh, He is in like Southwest Missouri or something, Travis something. He's written all these books, Batman and psychology, super, it's, it's great. He picks them all apart. And it was a great book with lots of great essays from people, from some doctors that you're probably familiar with who have that same, that same nerd gene that you and I have. Um, And I, I think they, they succinctly said it in the end. He definitely has PTSD for, you know, what happened to his parents. And then again, what superhero doesn't.
1: Yeah, no kidding. It's part of the origin story. Oftentimes I should say, though, with a caveat that I can't offer a, a professional opinion on a patient who I've not actually done uh, an observation myself on. So. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: and I bring this up to bring everybody else up to speed because my uh, I have an email signature that says something, uh, a comic book, nerdy-based, and, and you caught that. No one ever does unless they're questioning it. So um, give me some more of, of things that you like or how your your passion for that stuff intersects with, with what you do for work.
1: Yeah, I think for me, a big piece of it was actually just the fact that um, I, I'm not the best reader, uh, uh, candidly, right? So I'm never formally diagnosed with, uh, with dyslexia or anything like that. But uh, I think uh, my dad has had some sy- symptoms of that, and I've definitely struggled in that way. So it was actually just easier for me to read comic books when I was growing up than almost anything else. Uh, and so through that exposure, I think, uh, you know, just, just uh, became, uh, you know, a fan of that but I think in general what probably appeals most to me is just the selfless quality uh, you know if, if more of us were just willing to, to give a little bit of ourselves uh, for the next person over then uh, I can't imagine what what the world would look like and yeah. uh, you know we see glimmers of it here and there and, and and the more that we step in that direction you know I think the, the more connected ultimately we feel and uh, um, you know the better off we all are
0: That would be like Star Trek in the 24th century where, uh, where, where money has, has gone away. And we, we, we do things for the betterment of mankind or people kind. Um, I'll ask you a question. Maybe nobody else has ever asked you doing what you do and you're, I, I forget, I didn't have your bio. Is it,
1: what's the Obama honor? Um, yeah, so I'm a 2018, uh, Obama fellow, uh, one of the, uh, 20 members of the inaugural class. And so the, uh, uh, Obama's and the uh, foundation leadership uh, have several programs and, and one of them is the uh, Obama Fellows, uh, a, a diverse group of uh, community organizers for lack of a better term. Uh, folks who work in a multitude of different areas, uh, discipline diverse, uh, but seek to uh, collaborate with uh, others in unique ways to address the intractable problems of our time. And so for me, it was working in the addiction treatment space, uh, and changing how the mainstream healthcare system views and responds to people with addiction uh, to consider uh, substance use disorder specifically as a medical condition that warrants a healthcare response and not as a moral failing. And how do we get our arms around that? And what what can we do uh, from an institutional standpoint in the typical healthcare setting uh, to take better care of folks um, and uh, uh, you know, provide a, a more hopeful pathway forward.
0: That wasn't even my question, but you have set this up even better with that context. I don't know if anyone has ever asked, and we, we might be making like human history here. Um, <laughs> who is this Obama
1: fellow's favorite superhero? That is a really tough <laughs> question. That is a really tough question to answer. Um, and as I close my eyes and I think about the answer, I guess I just have to go back to Spider-Man. I was okay. always a huge nerd, as you said, uh, <laughs> growing up and always identified with that facet uh, and, and never felt like I had any money to buy anything either, just the same way as Spider-Man, right? It was right. either okay. pay for film or or, or help uh, Aunt May with whatever she needed. So. Uh, identified with that a lot. I guess. And question
0: 1A or 2, What, what su- which superhero powers would you like to have? Because my answer is, I'm Batman. I'm Batman Daredevil. But if you gave me the choice, I want Wolverine stuff. I want the claws. I want the regeneration, which is often overlooked, especially as I get a little bit older. So what's your answer for
1: that one? I think that one for me uh, always goes back to super speed.
0: Okay. The Flash.
1: Yeah, the Flash, I think the, the uh, you know, the, the total confluence of powers that you get from that has is, is always been fascinating to me.
0: If you can run fast enough to, to make time your your ally, you have truly, you know, broken physics.
1: Or even just run up the side of a building, but yeah, that
0: too. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> awesome. Is there anything else you want to cover? Because I don't want to take up too much of your, your time, and i got all the questions in that I wanted to ask.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, in general, I just, I just want to make sure that folks have a hopeful message as we head further into the holiday season, right? That uh, obviously, as we talked about before earlier this year, uh, we're seeing, uh, I think, some of the initial data points to what we were looking for earlier this year around what does the mental health of uh, our country and our local communities look like as we navigate this pandemic. Uh, and it does seem like there is more of a struggle around anxiety, depression, um, you know, weight gain increases in substance use and everything like that. Um, and so, you know, it's likely that at these times of year when we already just naturally see that kind of uptick around the holidays, that this year is likely to be more so. Um, and so I just want folks to understand like, yes, that might be the reality. Uh, but you know, there is professional help available from providers such as ourselves at Brightview Um, there are tactical ways that folks can navigate through the day-to-day challenges that you and I have talked about today. And I just hope that folks, uh, can take away from this conversation, something that you can start to do today to, to help yourself feel a little bit better, uh, and just one day closer to the other side of this thing.
0: Yep. We really are. We really are. Um, thank you for your time. I, uh, if this is going to be like an every five or six months thing or, or twice a pandemic, I'll, I'll go for the former. Um I'm I don't think no more pandemics not in our lifetime anyway but um thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much Eric. Yeah, would love to make this a regular thing. Uh, always enjoy our conversations and uh, appreciate the opportunity. Good stuff. Thanks. Happy thanks, holidays.
0: Thanks. All of that stuff. Okay. Take care, Dr. Kang. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Thanks, sir. Okay, that's Dr. Kang. As promised, more on the program that's coming up that you hopefully will have some interest in. It's an online thing. It's completely free. All part of Brightview and what they do for substance abuse issues. As you heard Dr. Kang say, it's a it's a disorder. It's a mental health disorder. Uh, it is a disease. So more now with Gene. And thanks again for being here. Well, then I won't take too much of your time. I'm going to slap all this together. I think uh, Dr. Kang and I had a had a great conversation. I got into all the questions um, that I wanted to ask, I asked an Obama fellow who his favorite superhero is. So I'm going to yeah, say, that what'd he, say? I, uh, he and he's like me too. He likes Spider Man, but he would like the Flash's powers. So I, uh, That's I think I, I don't think any Obama fellow has ever been asked anything like that before. And even if they have, it's definitely not been on a podcast that will be here for posterity. So great conversation. We talked about um, just really going back to fundamentals. And, yeah. you know, no, not all or not all or nothing thinking the, 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 the cognitive behavioral therapy fundamentals, um, that we, we get away from, like I was telling him one of my, uh, counselor friends, she was trying to help me something. She's like, ah, I said, I should be happier th- than this with all that's going. He said, she's like, ah, ah, ah. no should statements. So uh uh-huh. he was great. So, um, I'll put all this together and this is, this, okay. is, this is us. So you have a virtual seminar coming up next week, right?
2: Yes, actually, that's cool. And, you know, and, and, and am I supposed to act like I'm having a podcast with you now so you can cut and paste this thing? Yeah,
0: this, we're, we're rolling. We're
2: rolling big time here. Oh, oh okay. Um, hey, yeah, we, we do have a virtual forum. And I think, uh, Eric, I sent the information over to you. And we're really hoping to engage people not only in Northwest Ohio but across the state. Uh, And, again, it will be led by Dr. Ryan and Dr. Kang, who are always great to listen to. And it's open to everyone.
0: Awesome. And completely free. Just get registered. It's like what we've all been doing for a bunch of months now, Zoom, virtual, but helpful, right?
2: Absolutely. It's an hour long. It's 12 to 1 p.m. on Thursday, December 17th. And you just need to hit the link on the flyer that I shared with you, and I'm sure you'll share with others. Yep. And it's all handled through Eventbrite.
0: And the, and the super basics, so I don't fumble anything, um, and you've been on a couple of different times, but look, people are coming in and out of the podcast and, and the show and stuff. What is Brightview? It's, it's like some other places, but you guys are, are new, and you're right here.
2: Right. Well, actually, it's, it's so fun to talk about. We have been in the Northwest Ohio market for about 18 months now, and our center Brightview Health is over in the Maumee area. And it is outpatient um, substance use disorder, which includes alcoholism treatment um, for those 18 and older. And uh, now I can proudly say, Eric, since last time I think you and I chatted, we are now the leading provider of substance use disorder treatment in the state of Ohio uh, who is doing it outpatient. Very good stuff.
0: Um, you've been a, a, a dear friend and a, a thoughtful friend. And as Dr. Kang kept using the word grace, you've been a graceful friend since I've, I've met you from day one now, three, some years ago. But I got to tell you, I, I owe you like a really good meal, like really good for Maj. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. Maj is a, she's just golden. I love working with the, the Heroin Prevention Co- Coalition. Was on the phone with her earlier today. She is a peach. And the work she's doing with the coalition and with the health department is good stuff.
0: Yeah. And, um, you, you, like, I kind of got it from you. I would have done it anyway, but seeing how you, um, connect people, I take, I take great pride. It's a form of currency for me to connect my friends across the spectrum who don't know each other, but all work in the same ballparks and, uh, would all be better working together. So I've connected Maj with people and it's been great. It's so thank you. Thank you for giving me her.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks, Eric. You do the same. I mean, it's, you know, as I say, we're all in this together and yeah. I'm just so, so excited that you're helping us get the word out with about Brightview again, because our outcomes are proven and um, we have now over 6,500 people in treatment with us across the state. And um, again, we just published a document too on our outcomes. People are staying with their treatment program and they're getting better. And Good. that's really what it's all about.
0: Yeah, there there is, like I think I put in my TED Talk long ago, there is help and there is hope. And uh, just ask me, I'll point you in the right direction. I, I can't help somebody specifically. I mean, I, I can a little bit, but not like a, a Dr. Kang or a, uh, a trained professional, but I'll get you to those people as, as easily as you can do anything.
2: I know you will. And um, do you need my eight three three the number to call for help at Brightview? Do you have that? Whatever you, you like want to share, again?
0: whatever you want to share. Uh, obviously, people sure. can give Google uh, again Google Brightview, but any numbers, resources are always helpful.
2: Yep, absolutely. They can just Google Brightview, and actually, we do a pretty nice job with keyword search. So, if uh, if someone was just to search for various things related to substance use disorder, we should pop is um, one of the the top uh, websites as well. But uh, the direct dial is open 24-7. It's our call center, and someone is there all the time to take that call, as I said, and uh, schedule an appointment at the closest Brightview Center. I believe we have 27 now in the state of Ohio and about six in Kentucky, or soon to be six in Kentucky. Um, So that number is 833-510, and it spells the word help, which actually in numbers is four. awesome. So again, um, it's, it's really cool when people do finally decide to reach out because most of the people answering our phones at Brightview have also gone through the journey of mental health and substance use issues. And so again, that touch, they're so empathetic. I think they do a great job in reassuring people when they do reach out to us that they should schedule an appointment and it's okay to ask for help. And so again, it starts right there with kind of our corporate philosophy.
0: Uh, thank you. I hope you feel better, and uh, I, I would hopefully, Doctor Kang and I can can connect together in another five months or so and reevaluate where we are with all this. Then, because then we might start seeing some some numbers that we've got to dive into, and, and specifically who we've got to help. And um, if uh, if you find out that Doctor Ryan likes superheroes or nerdy stuff, he will be invited on as well.
2: Okay. I'll keep that open and I'll send him a message. I know he loves talking to you and he still talks about when he came in studio with you. So thank you for everything you always do, Eric. It's always a pleasure. Of
0: course. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Feel better. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.